episode 18 of Void Video. I'm your host, Evan Jordan, a.k.a. That Evan Jordan on Twitter. And I am Nick, a.k.a. Agent Relic on Twitter. Why are we whispering? Oh, I don't know. I forgot. This is a podcast uh, about A Quiet Place, not, not the actual world of A Quiet Place. Anyway, welcome to our double feature of A Quiet Place on Void Video. <laughs> <laughs> we both... Uh, we both just saw A Quiet Place 2 within the past 24 hours. So Yeah. Uh, it was my first time back in theaters in over a year. Like, oh, February of 2020 was the last time. And this is May of 2021. So a year and three months. <laughs> yeah, might as well. I, f- I forget. I think the last movie we saw was Toy Story 4. Whenever oh, that was. That might have been 2019. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, I can't remember. Uh, that, that could have been the last time I've been in the theater until now. It was definitely been a long time. It was like, it was a good, like, this is a good movie to come back to theaters with, too, I think. Yeah, for sure. With the sound design and all that stuff. And just, yeah, absolutely. Like, it, it would have been not nearly as, you know, like, much of it, it wouldn't have been as much of an experience watching this at home. So I'm yeah. glad I did it. Although, I'll, I'll rant about it now. So I just, I'd never say it. Again, but man, I hate movie theaters. The guy next to me, I swear he had 50 bags <laughs> of candy and he'd open it every single time that someone would try to talk. And like they're whispering throughout the movie. So like I'm having a hard time hearing because this dude's opening fucking Jolly Ranchers or whatever. <laughs> yeah, I threat- I definitely threatened to take my kid's popcorn away from him. Oh, dude, got this, kid- this dude had popcorn <laughs> in like ice in his cup. He like slushed it around. Oh my god. Shut the fuck up, dude. <laughs> and he was he kept talking. I think he was trying to explain the movie to his girlfriend or something. I'm like, oh. Yeah, uh, so uh, that's see that's another cool thing is we went to a matinee showing today. You went last night and we went to a matinee showing today. It was literally me, my two kids that went with me and then a couple. And that was it. The whole theater. Nice. So that was pretty clutch, you know, like other than my kids, there was no noise really like and the the other couple sat like on the opposite side of the theater. So it was like we were way far away from them. Yeah, it was it was great. It was like the perfect, you know, like theater experience. Yeah, I'd say especially for the first 20 minutes, they were kind of the people next to me were kind of obnoxious. But once the movie started going, they were better. Yeah. Well, yeah, I you you rewatched the first Quiet Place in its entirety like like just a few hours ago and i yeah. i just watched a recap before we went to the movie because i didn't have time to do a full rewatch like i wanted to but i've seen the movie a few times before anyway and it's fairly simple plot wise so i think we won't have that hard of a time going through it yeah we will be doing spoilers i guess we should say huh for the first movie obviously yeah. if, if you haven't seen that yet our, our logic is if you're Listening to a podcast about A Quiet Place Part 2, you've probably seen Part 1 and want to hear our impressions <laughs> of it, so, uh, like, and yeah. we can't, because the sequel picks up directly where the first one ended, like, to a T, so, yeah. like, you know, there's Yeah, no... it'd, be, it'd be tough to do, <laughs> yeah, like, you, you need to go, if you're, if, let me stop you, if you're listening to this and you've not seen A Quiet Place 1, you need to, you need to stop this episode momentarily, and you need to go watch A Quiet Place 1. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because we're about to spoil the shit out of it. And then, we're gonna go into A Quiet Place Part 2 and do spoiler-free talk about that, because, yeah, will... you know, obviously, nobody, like, n- nearly nobody compared to, to the first one that's seen this. Yeah. 
And if you want to know if it's worth your time to go to the movie theater to see it, you'll find out uh, in a little bit, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I guess we can start with, with The Quiet Place 1 here. And uh, Nick, you're really good at introing movies. Like, just start us off. I like, I like how you really, like, you set the, the, I don't know, you make me feel like I'm there, you know? Make you feel like you're there. Where, where is there? <laughs> I mean, in the movie. When you said, like, what I'm saying is I do a piss poor job of being like, hey, here's what this movie is. And you do a really good job of being like, hey, here's what this movie is. You know? All right. Let's start it, us off. A Quiet Place is a 2018 film produced by Michael Bay. It's it's probably his quietest movie, I think. <laughs> I like ever... that you opened with Michael Bay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Uh, a Quiet Place is a 2018 film directed by John Krasinski. Um, and it's also stars John Krasinski and his wife, Emily Blunt, along with, um, uh, Millicent Simmons and Noah Jupe, Jupe, Yeah, I, you did as good of a job as I would have done. I'm sorry, Noah, if you're listening to this. We tried. Essentially, the movie is, I mean, it's a post-apocalyptic world, and... It's overrun by monsters that hunt by sound, so they gotta be quiet. Like, I mean, that's it. That's the movie. <laughs> yeah, that's really good. It's better than see. That's better than I would have done. I think. All right, onto a quiet place. Part <laughs> aside, <two>. aside <laughs> from the Michael Bay stuff, you know. <laughs> I just actually, when I saw a Quiet Place Part Two in theaters, I forgot that Michael Bay had produced it, and I saw I did his too, name until the credits. Until the credits, <laughs> and I saw his name in the credits. I was like, oh man, I completely forgot. <laughs> <laughs> yep, because I made my kids sit there for a second while I jotted down some notes in my on my phone before we left. Because I knew like we'd be you know driving and I'd be like I'd not be thinking about the movie till now. So I was like I need to jot down some thoughts. And so I saw it roll across the screen the, the Michael Bay, and I was like I totally forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm curious on like what I mean why what what was his involvement <laughs> like? Yeah, I don't know. Does he just I'm. I feel like my, Michael Bay's to the point in his career where he, like, sees a good idea and just writes somebody a check. Yeah, just slaps his name on it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because he's like, I, when's the last time Michael, Michael Bay directed a movie? It's been a while since he directed something. Uh, I don't even... The New Bad Boys, I guess, was probably the... He didn't direct that, did he? Did he, did he direct that? That's what's no. Oh, well, then yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, that's neither here nor there, I guess, but yeah. we've, went, we've really went hard on this Michael Bay sidebar here. <laughs> yeah, probably. Welcome to hard. Void Video. We, you're leading a, a Michael Bay podcast, Void Video. <laughs> yeah, this movie, uh, I'm trying to think of how to approach it. Um, well, it, it kind of, you're dropped in when it opens up. It, it opens up with like their several days into it already like 80 something days right 89 days i want to say it's eight, 87 or 89 yeah something like that and they're and, like in uh, the pharmacy yeah they're getting like medication and snacks and stuff and they like don't and we kind of talked about this like before the show that the one thing that we both kind of liked about these they, they don't spoon feed you information like they just drop you into the scenario and you're watching these people do this stuff and that's how you learn about the world is just by watching them live in it yeah and also because they can't talk because it would attract the monsters you're learning it all through visual like just 
just actually watching it. You're not being over, uh, like overfed dialogue to, you know, explain all these monsters hunt by sound. You just you see it because um, there's actually a. F so I said that there were two kids in the movie. There is a third kid who. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Doesn't he, make it very far. He doesn't. <laughs> this, this is the opening, right? So they're in the pharmacy. He has a toy. It's like a a spaceship, and it makes a noise, and obviously. That would attract the monsters, so uh, John Krasinski's character... Alright, I'm just going to get character names out of the way because that annoys me, calling up John Krasinski. Uh, Lee Abbott. Yeah. It's it's Lee and Evelyn and their kids, Regan and Marcus. Yes. Alright, so Lee takes... And Bo the... Is, the, is the youngest one that doesn't make it far. Yep. And, uh... So Lee takes out the batteries out of the the toy, and... The daughter, Regan, who is deaf, which I really like how they did this too. Anytime something's shown from her point of view, it is completely silent. The audio just completely cuts out of the movie. So yeah, like you're hearing it like she would hear it. Right. Or wouldn't hear it. <laughs> wouldn't hear it, yeah. Yeah, lack thereof of the sound. And, and this is consistent through both the movies. I mean the sound design in both of these movies is exquisite. Like oh, yeah. top of the line. And I really like that. It's a bit jarring at times when the audio cuts out, but like you get it, like right, because it's yeah, it's it's used it's used like in intelligent ways. I think it's not like you know, yeah, it's not like it doesn't feel like an afterthought. Like they didn't slap that on there; it was written into it. You know, yeah, and also it and like it, it doesn't happen frequently enough that it's like annoying. <laughs> yeah, Which, for sure, they don't overuse it. It's like an audio feast, really. Like you said, the audio in this movie is like, and and the the second one also is just absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, yeah, but uh, Regan, she kind of, I'm, I'm not sure her reasoning for it, really. I mean, I think she just kind of felt bad that the dad was being kind of mean and taking out the batteries of the toy without even thinking about it because she couldn't hear it, but. She gives the yeah. batteries back to uh to Bo. To Bo. And yeah, and he takes the toy. They they walk down the street, you know, they're walking back to their they live on a little farmhouse. And on the way back they cross this bridge and he Bo uses the toy, it makes the noise, and everybody hears it. He's kind of far behind he's like on one end of the bridge and they're like halfway across the bridge so lee and evelyn hear it and they turn around and evelyn is like comforting uh marcus at the time and lee books it back because he knows the monster's coming you can hear it in like the woods behind him coming yeah, like rustling him. the trees you know it's coming yeah and you know it's coming like can he make it in time to save him and the monster swoops him right as lee gets there and it cuts to the credits or like the opening title and yeah. it's just I, the opening is just incredible so stark yeah it's so bleak and it it, it just sets the mood for the whole movie yeah definitely you and know sets, that this is like a dark world that they're living as soon as yeah. that happens and it and it sets the rules too like like we were saying like you know everything you need to know to watch the rest of this movie without one line of dialogue spoken there's not a line yeah. of dialogue spoken in this movie until 40 minutes in like that's crazy yeah. 
and yeah. you know everything. Like you and know, yeah, there's so much story conveyed still in those forty minutes, even though they don't say anything. Yeah, it's crazy because I mean, a lot of the times we have, you know, a lot of movies rely so much on the dialogue and the sound and the music, and yeah. this movie just there is there's a really good score too. Uh, uh, someone did the score for both. Uh, it is Marco Beltrami. He did the score for both, and it's really really good. It's subtle and it's. I was about to say it's very subtle and like minimalist, kind of like because my kids even brought it up that they're like, I liked the music, but there wasn't a lot of it. And I'm like, yeah, they kind of. It's very subtle, like the way they use it because the sound is so important. Yeah, yeah, because like, I guess also like behind the scenes of it, uh, the crew tried to be as quiet as possible because they wanted the mics to pick up all of the like the sounds in the environment too so that they can have that amplified in the uh, okay in the movie itself so like a lot of the i'm assuming the scenes with like the score are the ones where something maybe happened and they couldn't exactly use amplify all the sounds of the background and stuff right so they covered it up maybe yeah that's true yeah but i mean the score yeah, is smartly used and sounds great yeah it's great all around um but yeah, I guess then the movie picks up, it's like 450-something days in. Yeah, it's like over a year after the, that. I, I want to say it's about a year, yeah, after Bo is uh, taken by the monsters, and then it picks up to them, and they are just living on this farm quietly. You, you, you see their like day-to-day life and how they remain quiet and what they all do to pass the time, and... Yeah, I, I like. I just think that the way John Krasinski wrote this is really just smart, and like it's it's paced so well without having anything happening. So much is happening, you know. Yeah. Like you're learning all this characterization, and they're not really saying anything, but you're seeing everything they're doing, and like there's a lot of characterization time here that's like silent. But you, you still learn so much about the, the characters as they're, like you said, navigating their day-to-day life. And you kind of just see how they're surviving in this world. Yeah, and also this is interesting. I found uh, on the IMDb trivia, um, there is not a door that's opened or closed in this movie until like near the end. I'll tell you when it when it is, when, it, like, when we get to it. But I mean, because like a door would squeak a little bit. And they play with that in some of them in the second one, I think. Where the door, like, creaks open. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, like... Yeah, there's in, a lot of, like, su- they play with the subtle noises like that a lot. Noises, you know how serious they are, you know? Yeah, and they're, they're noises that you would hear in your everyday life, but you wouldn't even think about, you know, being that right. significant. Yeah, noises you kind of just take for granted that you don't really think about making that you have to, to think about making in this world. Yeah, yeah. So there's not like all the doors are just left wide open, which I thought was a cool touch. I was like, I didn't even think of that because, I mean, they pretty much, <laughs> yeah, they, they closing can't... them is too loud. Yeah, it's too risky. Yeah, it's uh, like you lose so much in this world. They, they like, I don't know. You can't like think about just interacting with each other would be so dampened compared to how we can interact with each other now. Yeah, but I don't think that they lost that because um, they all communicate in sign language and they're all like fluent. It seems like Like, they could they they say anything that they would have said 
out loud in sign language. So like, yeah, that's they true. might they might lose a little bit, but yeah, me and you would lose more. You know, like I, I do think somebody who didn't know sign language would lose more in this world. Like, cause you wouldn't have like, how would we? I don't know. We just die, I, I guess. I was actually curious about this. I don't know if it's ever explained. Did they learn sign language after? I'm guessing since their daughter's death, they probably oh, learned to communicate yeah. with her, right? So, yep. And I was gonna say because it's hard because there's no other characters in the movie really, so like you don't know if the rest of the world all speaks in sign language until the second one. But we'll get to yeah. that. Yeah. But uh, yeah, you're right because she's deaf. They probably all just know, which is really clever. Yeah, and it's <laughs> like you, also... you, they, man, like he just. He thought of every aspect, it seems like, when he was writing this movie. It seems like he planned the the sound and the, a lot of these things as he was writing it, you know? Because it, it just feels way too thought out for it, any of it to be slapped on. Yeah. But basically, one thing we haven't mentioned, I think, is is they're at the farmhouse and stuff. Everyone's pregnant. She's in her, her final stages That's of pregnancy. what I was going to mention. Uh, I was trying to think of how to approach how we because it's actually a really cool scene on how they reveal it because they don't really reveal it until 20 minutes or so in um she goes into the basement and she has like an ipod playing and yeah. she's playing a song and she hooks one ear up to john krasinski and one ear up to her and they're like just dancing and singing to the song which was really cool and the and the song the song she played like was telling her what she wanted to say to him that she couldn't you know yeah which was i don't know i love that that was a great scene and then afterwards you see her belly so it was it was a nice little reveal and showed like how much they cared for each other how much of a loving family they are i guess right right and how much of a bond they have yeah, you're right. It, that's a definitely a, a that made it way more special that they revealed it that way. And she's like clearly towards the end of pregnancy too. So like, I mean that that plays a part in the movie. I guess we're spoiling it anyway. So like, at the end, obviously yeah, so she's it's gonna, fine. yeah, like that'll play a big part when she has the baby later in the movie. But yeah, that's one thing they're doing kind of like throughout this whole process and throughout like. A large majority of the movie that they're they're slowly kind of preparing a space for her to have the baby because obviously having a baby is not a, qu a quiet activity <laughs> uh so they're trying to prepare like a you know a soundproof ish area that she can have the baby in and trying to figure out uh, you know how they're going to keep the baby quiet and all of that and lee is very resourceful he's kind of like a you can tell he's a very smart guy and he's like a resourceful survivalist type like he He's very like ingenious with the, the things he thinks of and the way he he's, like invents things sort of. He's an inventor of sorts. Yeah. Uh this gets me to the next part, I guess, is uh Lee takes the son, uh, Marcus, to the river to get fish. And like Marcus doesn't want to do it. Like he's like, it's dangerous, I don't wanna go. But like yeah. Lee's like, you have to learn to do this to take care of your mother in case something happens to me, you know? Like Right. You gotta, you gotta do this. So they go to the river and like Lee starts making noise and Marcus is like, you can't do that. Like, you know, like you're going to cause them to come. And this is, was like another part that's just super well thought out. The river 
mask the noise so like the river's louder than the noise he was making so like the monsters ain't gonna come so like essentially that's their safe space which also makes me question why didn't they just build a house right by the river <laughs> yeah like but next to the waterfall <laughs> yeah right next to the waterfall yeah they also go under a waterfall and like they can yell like scream under there which yeah. is like they're like salt like they're you know safe haven i guess yeah if they want to go let out some frustration or you know whatever just they can go make noise there yeah and that was i mean that's a really cool scene i thought and while this is happening uh um reagan is supposed to be like looking after um evelyn but she sneaks off to go to the memorial for uh Bo. so yeah and it's another thing like the waterfall scene i think in the river scene again gives you information about the world that because you know when there's other noises that are covering you up you're okay you know yeah and it's like it tells you that without telling you once again like it's very very well written to where it like doesn't ever feel like it's telling you something directly it's you just learn it organically as you watch and also like even the first time i saw it like the river like the sound mixing of it the river is louder than the noise he was making like you could hear it clearly but like the river masked the noise in the sound mixing of the movie of the editing of the movie yeah so like you're like you're you're siding with like lee right away you're not like siding with marcus like oh hey stop making noise <laughs> you get it right like it's edited in a way that just makes sense <laughs> yeah it's edited to what like you said to where the river is actually louder so it's very thought out well done yeah so essentially so marcus and lee are at the waterfall and uh regan is at the memorial she just kind of well i guess i should have pointed this out before he left um lee gave regan a like a coke it's called a cochlear implant so it like converts noise into pulses that the brain can hear i guess so like she could um like sense noise i guess right it's the proper he's essentially trying trying to build her a homemade hearing aid device yeah because like the problem is like since she's deaf she can't hear anything so she doesn't know if she's making noise right like So, she, like, that's really dangerous. So, like, to get her to go out and do stuff, you know, to give her that implant so that she could sense if she's making noise, you know? Right. Or if there's a monster nearby, like, some, like she wouldn't know. <laughs> yeah, she wouldn't. Yeah, and that actually is touched on later. I think later in this movie and in the second one. There's times yeah. where, like, it's you can tell she doesn't know what's going on and, and other people do, you know? Yep. But while all this is going on, they're all away from the house. Um, Evelyn has the baby. Her water breaks, and she just kind of goes to the bathroom and has the baby in the tub. Like she and Emily Blunt's performance in that scene alone is just incredible. Like yeah, where like she's her, struggling to be quiet while she's doing this whole thing. And there's she's a monster all alone. Yeah, and there's a monster in the house, like with her. Yeah. That's right, I forgot about that, but yeah, there is. And she just, moments before she has this baby, stepped on a nail. 
that's what caused like, the monster to come, right? Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah, on the staircase. And so she's got a hole through her foot, and she's having a child in a bathtub while there's an alien monster walking around, and she can't make a sound. Like, yeah. what? <laughs> yeah, and apparently that was all filmed in one take as well. And Oh, wow. That's yeah. impressive. Yeah, Emily Blunt's performance in that scene, and through uh, all the performances by everyone is just amazing. I think all all four of them really oh, they, yeah. do a great job. Definitely empower everything that that John Krasinski has set up here. Yep. Yeah. So uh, Lee and Marcus. Yeah, Lee and heading... Marcus are coming back, right? Because they were at the river still. Yeah, they're coming back, and they see this weird man in the woods. Like he's an older guy, and oh. like. His wife is like dead on the floor. It's it's unclear. I think he killed her or something. I don't know. It's unclear on what happened. But yeah. Lee's like shh, like he's shushing him, like saying, "Hey, just be quiet." And the like the man just screams and attracts a monster. So uh, Lee has to hide him and Marcus behind a tree while the monster kills the dude who's screaming. <laughs> Yeah, that's Before an intense it. scene where the monster just just straight up wrecks that dude. <laughs> yeah, and they're like they're like four trees away, you know, probably well, 20, 30 feet away. <laughs> right, and Marcus, you already know, is super freaked out of the thing, so he's like, I think John Krasinski is having to like cover his mouth and keep him from like freaking out, making noise. yeah, he is. Yeah, that's an intense. There's not a uh, like any scene in these movies where the monsters are present is like balls to the wall intensity every time. Yeah. But yeah, they're they're coming back from that, and like Reagan f- fell asleep, correct, at the grave, yeah. yes, at the memorial for the for the son, and so she wakes up to. What, I'm tr- I'm trying to remember. Did she set? The, did they set the fireworks off that to wake her up, or did she wake up before that? I think they set the they set the fireworks off, and that's what she wakes up because she hears the fireworks going off. So that so. We should go to Lee, Lee and Marcus actually get back first, and Emily Blunt. Uh, oh, that's we're right. not going to do that. Evelyn during this process has flipped on those emergency lights. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. She flipped. That's why she went in the basement and stepped on the nail. Right? Was right. She flipped on the lights to let everyone know that something's happening. So they're walking back and they see it, and to mask the noise of her going into labor, they had this like plan in place to light off the fireworks because, like, essentially, like. The monster's going to be attracted to the louder noise. So the firework over her screaming. So right. Lee instructs Marcus to go and light off the fireworks while he goes and looks for, um, and, you know, help her give the baby, you know? Or, right, right. Yeah, exactly. So he can go take care of her. And... Yeah, so Marcus does that. He lights out the fireworks, and like right as the fireworks go off, you can like see Emily Blunt's character. Like she hears it and like lets out the biggest scream because it's like the big like she's been she's been holding, holding all this up. Yeah, <laughs> and then, yeah, I can uh, only imagine the relief she felt when she heard those explosions. Like she's like, "Yes, <laughs> you know, you saw my lights." <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, and so the fireworks is what wakes Reagan up, and she so she immediately is cued in then to what's going on and then she she sees what's happening when she sees the fireworks and she's basically sprints straight back she knows what's going down yeah which is like a testament to how like man they've taught these kids like exactly what to do like for almost anything you could think of these these kids have like 
maybe they don't always react exactly like they're supposed to, but they know exactly what to do. You know, like they all have a strict plan and a strict like routine and everything. Yeah. And like, they're also like, we said Lee is like an engineer and he's super smart and this will come into play more in the second one. But like the kids are very smart and resourceful as well. Like they've learned a lot from him to like, yeah, you know, be resourceful and get done what needs to be done essentially. Yeah. But, uh, especially Reagan, you can kind of see like she throughout this movie is more hard headed and like kind of, I will figure this out or I will do this. Kind of like she, Lee is. And yeah. And Reagan brings it up to Marcus that like she thinks that Lee kind of holds it against her that she gave Bo the batteries back for the, right. the, the spaceship. And under the waterfall, Marcus and Lee talk about it. And they're, and you know, Lee says that's not the case. Like he, it was nobody's fault essentially. Like that that happened right. to their brother you know yeah it was an accident they, basically yeah yeah they can't keep blaming themselves for it right right that's there's a lot of really he is able to inject like in between the uh intensity some really heartfelt like emotional moments yeah which it's i think all- really sells it overall it doesn't feel shallow yeah and like everything's sold through the lens of this post-apocalyptic world too. Like none of it's based on prior history that we don't know about. You know, all of it's sold right. through this that singular event shown at the beginning of the movie that was a year ago can explain the rest of the movie. You know what's going on? Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and but it's uh, like once they set off the fireworks. Then shit breaks loose. Mon- the monster runs out to the fireworks, and he's kind of like, "What?" He's climbing up the silo after the kids, where the fireworks are shooting off at. Yeah. And so let's they let's, jump into it. Let's go to Lee real quick. So Lee goes into the house. He like the fireworks distracted, and Lee goes inside to find Evelyn, and he goes into the bathroom and like doesn't like he's looking everywhere for her and cannot find her. So he like thinks something happened, but he finds her. She's in the shower with the baby. Yeah. And, like, they, you know, obviously hug and say, like, you know, they're, they're, they're like, crying without, you know, trying to make noise. <laughs> right, but, uh, exactly. Yeah, so, like, essentially, Lee and Evelyn are together again with the baby, and the plan was for Marcus to go on top of the silo, because that's, like, his lookout spot. That's Lee's lookout spot. Yeah, and that's where they have their signal fire or whatever, like, that they light off if they need help. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, they did light, by the way. Yes. And (laughs) that will come into play later (laughs) in the second one. Um, but, uh, so Marcus is on top of the silo and Reagan joins him. She makes her way there. And Reagan's like, Lee isn't going to come for me. He's only going to come for you. So she's like, let's go back. Like, let's go back to the house. And Marcus is like, no, he told me to wait here, you know, like, we're waiting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's like, we're not leaving this. Fuck that. <laughs> yeah. But, uh... Marcus ends up falling through, like, a, a trap door on the silo and falling into, like, the... I guess it's corn? Yeah, it's a corn silo, and there's corn in there, which is... And he's, like, dr- Super dangerous. Yeah. And he's, like, drowning in the corn, and... Drowning? Is that the right word? <laughs> drowning yeah, I don't know the what corn. the word... Well, I don't know what the word is, but it's, like, it's essentially 
like quicksand but made of corn like you get sucked down in it and you suffocate so yeah and reagan's like reagan's like stop moving stop moving stop moving (laughs) you know like because the more you move the more you're gonna sink yourself into it (laughs) yeah exactly and she jumps uh, down in and tries to she she knocks the door down into it so that they can like titanic it and like (laughs) yeah essentially good call (laughs) yeah titanic it yeah exactly (laughs) Is there room for both of them on there? I guess we'll find out. <laughs> Love to have a conversation with John Krasinski and see if Titanic was an inspiration. It, I mean, it, it almost had to be, right? <laughs> like, it's the same thing. Because it's like, she falls onto it, and she pulls... So she saves Marcus, pulls Marcus onto it, and then she falls underneath again. So it's like only one of them can fit on it on a, at a time, you know? <laughs> and then Marcus ends up saving her. They're both on it, and they both escape but uh, while this is going on, Lee notices the signal fire, right? And like he knows to go save them. But he also knows the monsters out there, too. So like he's running around looking for them. And... Trying to be cautious also and not get killed in the process. And he, yeah. at this point, he's put Evelyn into the bunker, correct? Yes. He moves yeah, this... her to, they have their like, holy shit, we just made life moment. And then he takes her to the bunker. Yeah, this is that was really smartly planned by them. That bunker with like the running water, so like the water masks the noise, so they could like talk down there and stuff. Yeah, like they have a. This is genius. So like they have like a, a box, a crate, I guess that they put the baby in, and they have like CO two tanks they've gathered from, around, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, put like oxygen tanks from the pharmacy. The pharmacy's probably has a big stock of oxygen tanks. People have to have that for medical purposes anyway. Yeah. Oh, in the second one, they find more. So, like, I mean, clearly it's... Yeah. You know, no short supply of those. But, uh... Yeah. Yeah, those... They have, like... Essentially this bunker set up for... For her when she has the baby. Because the baby's gonna make noise, too, you know? So... Yeah. The leak happens, and that's what causes the shit show back at the house. Because there's a, there's a plumbing issue in when when he starts the running water and leaves her, there's like water running down into there. Yeah. And so then he's going to the farm or to the to the to the silo to get the kids, and he they're in the truck at this point. They got out of the silo, right? No, they did and, not get to the truck yet. Okay, so he, so he no, so they they didn't yet. He he finds them at the at the tower, gets them basically gets them out, gets them off he, the tower. He embraces with them, yeah, and says like, you know, we're okay now. And then he says, let's get to the truck. <laughs> yes, exactly. Then they go to the truck together, and that's when the monster catches up with them, basically. Turtle. Yep. And I mean, the monsters on the truck breaking the windows, like it's clear that they're gonna die. So Lee, right. Regan's looking out the back window, and he like. She like sees Lee and he sign languages. I love you. I always have or something like that. Yeah. I, or yeah, he says, I love you. I have always loved you. And then he like she knows at that moment that what he's going to do. And he yep. lets out a big scream to distract the monster just long enough for them to start the car and get moving to the to the house. And the monster kills Lee. Yeah, it's it's really tragic the way that all goes down. And it's yeah. like. It's like that's a moment where they've kind of this intensity we talked about and this emotion we've talked about have collided and, and it's all happening in one scene. Yeah. Yeah, because you really feel it at that point and like 
you know, you could tell Regan is like thinking about how she was kind of mean to him and yeah, exactly. And then Marcus is like he's driving the car, right? Like he's, you know, he's stepping up to save Regan essentially. Yes, basically. Yeah. yeah. So like he's stepping into that father role as his father's dying, you know. Just just like he told him he would have to the river, you know. Yeah. Or when they were going to the river, just like he told him he would have that's why he had to learn all that stuff, you know, cuz he cannot be there forever and it's it, like harkens back to that. Yep. So yeah, uh, and so yeah. they've run back to the house then, basically in well, the truck, correct? Yeah, we should we should mention while this was happening, uh, Evelyn was in the the basement with the running water, and um, the monster was down there too, right? Yeah, once the fireworks went off, that that was it. You know, there's monsters all over this bitch. And, yeah, and uh, she's down there like trying to not only combat the monster and stay quiet, but also not drown because this whole place is like flooding in with water at this point. <laughs> Yeah, so she, like, goes under the drip spot where, like, so it's, like, it's pretty much a fake waterfall. It's, like, a waterfall, it's, Yeah, an equivalent to the waterfall, yeah, that covers her up, her and the baby up. Yes. Yeah, because, yeah, like, the baby's making noise, too, and then the monster, I believe, hears the car, or hears something. Hears him, him yell, away. I think it hears Lee screaming. Yeah, yeah, and runs away, so, like, Lee screaming saved everyone, essentially. Yeah, basically. <laughs> like yeah, but they all embrace outside uh, Evelyn, the baby, Regan, and Marcus. Um, and there's still more monsters around, of course. So they go inside into the basement, and this is the part where they find out that the cochlear implant... So, like, throughout the movie, this has happened, too, where, like, Regan has been around a monster and the implant is causing some sort of interference like it's like a feedback and like the frequency is messing with the monster so that they can't attack like it's like right. messing with them so that they run away this happened at the silo at the it happened a few times where like you see it but you're not really sure what's going on but right. uh, and this is where you you and them realize that it's what's happening Yep. And so they like bunker down in the basement as like their last stand and they're, you know, about to get overrun and Regan real they realize what's going on with the frequency and the feedback and she puts it up to the microphone that uh Lee has been using to try to contact the outside world, I guess. He has like a radio and like T V monitors yeah. everywhere and <laughs> Yeah, a whole like lab kinda down here. Yeah, and uh so she puts it up to the microphone and it makes like that noise louder like over a speaker and it allows evelyn to kill the monster with a shotgun <laughs> yeah it looks really sick it looks like some stranger things demogorgon shit where like his head like opens up and there's like armor plates on the head that like fly back and like shake violently and stuff and you can tell the creature's like all distressed and like, jumps around and freaks out yeah i've and seen then, like i've seen some people like call the monster like generic and all this but i was like i kind of like the monster and really? i like how they... i think the monsters look sick yeah, me too. And like, I like the ear. Like when they show the ear part of it, like yes, that part super cool. How, and it has like a flap kind of that opens up too, and you can like see this like giant eardrum like stuff. And it's like, I think the monster is sick and the effects look pretty on them. But yeah, uh, but yeah, like the face, the armor and stuff on the head opens up when this sound happens so loud like that, and it allows 
Emily Blunt, Blunt to basically, Evelyn to basically uh, blow its head off with a shotgun, shoot it in the face. Tried and true method of dispatching monsters. And with that newfound <laughs> knowledge, the movie ends with that glimmer of hope that they have found the monster's weakness. So like, yeah, they they like look at the CCTV, like the the cameras outside the farm, and you see all these monsters. Like, I say all these. There's like three monsters like running towards the house after the shotgun shot, and you see like Evelyn pumps the shotgun as the credits start to roll. Yeah, it's a badass ending. It's it, it, it's it's essentially a cliffhanger. Like, but yeah. it also isn't because the movie is complete. Like, it's showing the weakness. It's like, where do they go from here? Like, you want to know what happens next, but you're also like, you found that. Right, they know how to fight them now. Yeah, I don't know. I really liked it. And apparently the sequel, like, he didn't plan on making a sequel when the first one came out. So, like, what if it ended right? I don't know. I would I would have been less thrilled had the sequel not happened with that ending. Yeah. Because I'm going to be honest, when, when I saw this movie a couple years ago, I liked it. Like, you know, I thought it was really good, but I also didn't think it was great. And I thought it was a little slow and a lot of the character moments didn't hit. But after watching the sequel and watching it again, I feel like they hit better. So, like, yeah, sequel, I want to go rewatch the first one now again because I think I'd like it even more. Yeah. And you see all the little callbacks that they had in the second one were like, yeah. It you know, really does. I, like, I was saying this to Nick that it it feels like one big movie going into the second one. Like, is the way it picks up from the exact moment almost at the first end. It's like, it feels like one big movie. You yeah. Know? Yeah, I guess before we go into it, is there anything else you want to say about the first A Quiet Place? I don't think so. I think we pretty much covered all our bases. Like, I, I like you said, I think I've gained an, uh, more of an appreciation for it after watching the second. Yeah. Yeah, the d- direction is outstanding, too. There's a lot of, like, really long takes and how he allows the characters to, like... Because there's... It's all sign language, right? So, like, I don't know. The way they shoot yeah. it is, like... It feels like no aspect was unthought of when he was putting this all together. And, like, the... I, the kind of... The one thing is, too, that, and the reason I... One of the reasons I think that we both like the second is that like you said, the the first movie has to explain everything, has to show you what's going on and teach you the world and stuff. But it, it, with it the sh- second one, they had more, you know, free rank because you knew all that already. So they could just tell you a cool story. Yeah, the first one is like showing you how they live and coexist in this world. So first of all, at the opening, it shows you the world, what happened, like what is going on, like what the monsters are in the world. Don't make noises. And then the, the movie is then, like, showing them living in this world. Yes. Like, and how they have adapted and, you know, have the plan in place for the pregnancy and all that. And then the end of the movie is them getting that glimmer of hope, finding that weakness, that thing that's going to allow them to hopefully live a lot longer. Right. Hopefully like, keep pushing on without leaving. Yeah, because if they don't find that, like, they're dead. Like, if they don't oh, find that sure. feedback, like, they're completely dead. Oh, if it wasn't for that, the whole family's dead, the baby and everything. Like, it's that's it, you know? So it's... That was a crucial... If they wouldn't have discovered that, that they would have been fucked. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I guess we can uh, go into Quiet Place Part 2, then. I uh, well, One thing I guess we, we 
we didn't give enough props to when, when we gave Millicent props for her incredible performance is that Millicent is actually a deaf actress. Yeah, and she's been deaf since she was an infant, right? Yes. So her whole uh, life. So it really, it, it like, I respect that, that they they actually cast a deaf actress and didn't just, you know, I think it makes actress. it feel more authentic, too. I don't know, like, she probably oh, gave them 100%. cues on set, too, that are like, you know, how do you... Because they had, oh, like... Yeah coaches they're teaching them sign language you know so yeah and i'm sure she was an incredible help you know during the whole process of of especially of fleshing out her character too i bet i'd be interested to know how much uh john krasinski especially with the second one worked worked with her on on fleshing out her character because she's a very central part of the of the second movie yeah yeah so essentially the second one picks up We'll go back to the intro in a second, but we'll, we'll talk about the timeline where it picks up. Um, yeah. It picks up immediately following the events of the first one. They are coming out of the basement, out of the house. I The farm is, like, burning down, right? Yeah. Cause, cause there was a fire started and stuff. I, I think what happened was, right, like, they had they lit the signal fire on the silo, and then when they fell in, like, somehow the fire spread to the corn or something, and I don't know. Yeah. Somehow yeah, everything, so. everything went on fire. So like they gotta find a new home. And so like the, essentially the second movie is them trying to find a new place in the world. Yeah, like moving away from the farm and going out into this sketchy, <laughs> scary as hell world, and trying yeah. to figure out what they're gonna do next and where they're gonna go. Yeah, and I'll say like I think it was. This is also what makes it better because like in the first one that place is like a safe haven to them for 45 minutes of the movie 50 like the movie's an hour and a half and probably for 50 minutes of it like there's not a lot of the monster because like the, they know how to be quiet so like there's right. no danger because they know how to be quiet you know they know right. how to they know how to operate already yeah so like there's just not that and that that's fine i think it like it adds to the character moment and like shows you how smart right. they are and how they've right. adapted but like the sequel, and it set it up perfectly for this, so I'm glad it was like that, you know. Yes. So with the sequel, like they're in uncharted territory. They don't know, like they're moving through places they haven't been. So like, yeah, they took that rule book from the first movie and completely threw that out the window because now they're moving, you know. Yeah. Like, and, with the and they have an infant. Yeah, yeah I was about they, to say. <laughs> they got the baby. They got. You know, all their supplies on their back, essentially, like. Yeah, that's true, too, is they don't have the 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 stash. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. All this space and all this like being being stationary, allowing them to, you know, have stuff stored. They just have what they can carry with them. Yeah. So like and they're carrying the baby in this crate. That we mentioned from the first movie. Yeah, with the CO2 tanks and stuff. Right. Because, I mean, the baby's still going to make noise when they're especially when they're walking and stuff. So they have to, yeah. you know, carry it in this crate. And it's like, because I remember when the movie first started, when the, when the second one first started, my daughter asked me, where's the baby? I'm like, it's in that box. <laughs> and I think it freaked her out a little bit that the baby was in the box until she realized what was going on. <laughs> uh, the baby's in the box. <laughs> yeah, but this movie opens with... Uh, yeah, I get I guess we can go back to the the flashback, right? 
Yeah, we could go over this this intro of the movie. Here. It's like which is also incredible. <laughs> like yes, great, great opening. Absolutely, and also harkens back to the opening of the original movie. With like, I was about to say again, it tells you everything you need to know about this movie in a few minutes. Yep. Um. So essentially, this is right before the. So this is where it's unclear. Something, something, a flaming object in the sky heads towards Earth, essentially. But right before this, they're at a baseball game, and Marcus is playing, and there's this guy in the crowd. What's his name? Uh, Emmett. Yeah. So we see this character Emmett introduced, and he's like, you know, it's clear that they're acquaintances, maybe not friends, but yeah, but they know him. Yeah, they they know each other, and they know. You know, it seems like a, a small town, kind of like everybody knows everybody. You know, the the hardware store they go to, and the pharmacy, and all the, all those stores and stuff. It shows are like little small town stores. They're not chain stores, city. They're like in a small town, and everybody knows everybody. Yeah, and uh, you kind of see this like bond between Emmett and Regan start up right from the opening, which plays a part later on. But uh, um, he asks her how to say dive dive yeah because dive? He, he's yeah, oh because he wants him to dive for the base or whatever yeah yep so he asked him how to say dive what that's I, man that's so smart to show that in the opening because now i just got it what happened later <laughs> in the movie right yeah man. exactly like they man these movies are exquisite and honestly seeing the second one made me appreciate the first one more which is super rare for a sequel. I was about to say that's it's rare. Uh, a that a sequel I think outdoes the original, and B that a sequel makes you like the original even more. Yeah, and it's just, and this is definitely the case of both of those for me. I think, but uh, yeah, agreed. Try to think like he's at bat, right? And like he is just taking pitches, and then the the comet yeah, hurls or whatever. Yeah, out. Marcus is like at the base, and you can tell he's like nervous on the plate. He keeps looking at at uh, Evelyn and like trying for encouragement, you know. And he he gets a couple balls, and then uh, he he gets a strike, and then right as he gets the strike, he gets the strike because he's distracted. And you see him looking up at the sky, and then you see the umpire and the catcher behind him look up at the sky, and like everybody's seeing this comet at this or whatever it is, this flaming ball of fire that's like shooting down towards Earth, and they're like, "Holy fuck!" And instantly the baseball game is off. <laughs> yeah. Everybody's like, running to their cars. <laughs> yeah. Everyone's like, nah, we're done. We're, I mean, what is that? We don't know. <laughs> they don't even talk about it. It's like, everybody's just on the same page of like, all right, the baseball game's over and we're about to get out of here. <laughs> would you need to talk about like, if that were to happen in real life, that's exactly how it would go down. Yeah, right? exactly. Like, yes. Like everyone's yeah. just like rushing to their cars and like, um, yeah, at that point, fuck baseball, you know, <laughs> Um, at this point too, you see kind of the split too of how it happens in the movie and how like because in the movie they split up a little bit and yeah, here in the opening when they're like leaving the baseball game, Evelyn and Marcus go together. It was supposed to be Evelyn, Marcus, and Regan, but Regan decides to go with Lee. So like, yeah, she's like, I'll go with Dad. She signs to Evelyn as they're as they're leaving. I'll go with Dad. Yep, and then like Lee turns around, grabs her. So like. They're together. So it's Marcus and Evelyn and Bo, right? Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so they go in the car and 
um they're like like everybody in this whole town is like getting in their cars and going so it's like it's a big clusterfuck and the monsters show up and they're running havoc through the town and uh, I'm trying to think. This is a sick scene where the monsters are just like just wrecking shit in the town. Like it's they're just ripping people off the ground and like throwing people through windows and stuff. Like it's wild. Yeah, it just shows the sheer terror of the outbreak when it happened. You know, like yeah. that you didn't get a see in the first one. Yeah, exactly. And how quickly it was just like boom, 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 dead, 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 dead. It was like these things are just eradicating people. Yeah, and um. Lee and Regan like hide out in a like a diner, I guess. Or is this before or after they get in the truck? I forget. Uh no, they they they've the the truck's already happened. They've had the car crash at this point in there. Yeah, so essentially they they crash the car and they get out and they run. And like this is done in super long takes too of like John Krasinski running and like the cameras following him. And yeah, you kind of feel like you follow it in real time as it has once the crash happens. It kind of gave me a <laughs> this is this is a cool little I'm not sure how accurate this is, but uh, supposedly the original Quiet Place is supposed to be a Cloverfield um, movie originally in its conception. But then they decided to go with 10 Cloverfield Lane instead. And this opening kind of reminded me of Cloverfield, just like the chaos. Yeah. Yeah. Of, the chaos of everything happening. People just mad dashing around and cars crashing and running into each other and all that yeah and we're just following this one character through it and right yeah i would say that's pretty accurate i i I didn't consider that as i was watching it but yeah and i actually didn't know that the original quiet was placed wow words are hard sometimes the original quiet place was uh supposed to be a, a cloverfield movie until you told me right before this episode yeah and apparently john krasinski just didn't want it to be a franchise movie anyway so like he signed on after because i think the script was done by somebody else it was done by uh brian woods and scott beck wrote the first one and john krasinski wrote the second yeah and john krasinski wrote the second one Man, so the whole time we were just talking about that movie i just gave john krasinski so much credit for writing that shit he didn't write any of it in true Jim Halpert fashion, he's just going to take credit for it, right? I cannot work with Jim anymore. Okay. No, either he goes or I go. Twice. You choose! Stop. One of us is out of here by the end of today! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm going to lean on at this point, is that uh, I was not misinformed. It was a bit. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah apologies but- to the people who actually wrote that movie for me just giving all that credit to I was going to mention Krasinski. at some point that I'm like, but John Krasinski did help write it. Like, he's he's got a writing credit on it, so. Oh, like, okay. Yeah, like, I think. Okay. So I think what happened was Brian Woods and Scott Beck wrote the script, and then it didn't, be, like, pan out to what it was originally going to be. So John Krasinski kind of took it and morphed it into his own thing, so he, like, altered it. Oh, like, okay. He so took their what... base script for Cloverfield for their Cloverfield movie and said, "All right, I'm gonna change this, 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 and this, and make it my movie." Makes sense. Yeah, okay. yeah I'm gonna ins- I'm gonna insert my wife into this. <laughs> gonna... Yeah, he Rob Zombie it. <laughs> he Rob Zombie it. <laughs> but uh, yeah. So I I guess the opening ends with like the chaos of the town and they bunker behind this truck overturned truck, right? Yeah. Right as the monster lunches at them. So, like, that's their first glimpse of the monster. Like, that opening. Yeah. And it shows A Quiet Place Part 2. <laughs> yep. And then you also, after that, you know, it's 
back to them now. Like, it's back to what we were talking about, where they're, like, you know, leaving the basement and everything's happening. Yeah. Here's a question. If they were to make a third one, I guess you can't say spoilers, but uh, how can they top that opening? <laughs> like, yeah, I don't know. It. That's what I was going to say. They'd have to really think about how to, to make the, that opening as smart as these first two. <laughs> yeah, and I, and I honestly think, the, oh, man, it's, it's hard to pick which one I liked more. Was, I mean, because like, you get the emotional impact of the first one because of you know the death of the kid. But the second one is like showing the outbreak happen in real time, and it's just... Right. While know, just... also providing you with a little bit of relevant information for the events to come of, of, of who people are and stuff. You know? Yeah. yeah. At, at first I saw it and I was like, well, why are they introducing this character so heavily? At, like, yeah. But it makes sense. So um, I guess we'll get back to it. So they are. Yeah, how much going... further can we go? That's what I was going to say. I mean, we can go for, further than this for sure. Okay. Yeah, we could go to where they, where they, where they meet up. Or whatever. Yeah, so um they're going through this like I guess it's like a rundown warehouse. Like the field it's, of it. Yeah, it's it's a field surrounding an old uh what I think is like a some sort of cement factory or some sort of factory or something. Because there's like furnaces and stuff in it. So there's it's some kind of factory, right? Yeah, I'm not sure. But uh, it's got a really says, cool, but... like, rundown look and, like, Chernobyl-esque yeah. look to it. Definitely. Yeah. And uh, while they're going through this, there is a sniper aimed on them. And, like, you see this from the sniper's point of view. He's, like, aiming at them, like, like thinking about, should I shoot, should I not? Um... Yeah, all the while... Uh, Marcus is is caught in a fucking bear trap. Oh yeah, that's what I was gonna get to. <laughs> is uh, <laughs> Marcus uh accidentally uh, runs over a bear trap and gets his foot cut off and lets out like a gigantic scream, blood curdling scream. Yeah, like in pain. <laughs> yep. But they know how to beat the monsters, so they had rigged up this like portable like speaker to. So like the sniper, like you see it from the angle of the sniper of them killing this monster. So like the sniper like knows that they're capable, you know. Yeah. And like so you see them like she she hooks up the speaker like like it's nothing to them. Like they I don't well, know they and, seem like professionals. You, <laughs> you assume based on the first movie that 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 they're the only people who know how to do this unless somebody else has figured it out. You know, like it, you'd assume they're the only ones who essentially know how to kill them. Yeah, so, like, the sniper, like, you see from the angle of the sniper, and, like, you see him kill the monster chasing him, and I guess that causes the sniper to come down and help them and lead him through the warehouse into his little bunker, and it turns out that that is Emmett, who was the yep. sniper. Which Who's the guy from the game. Yeah, you can tell he, he, like, it's almost like he wanted to shoot him, and then he was like, wait a second, are they about to do what I think they're about to do? And then yeah. he watches it play out, you know, and then decides, like you said, to go down in there and be like, all right, I'm have shit. Maybe but these also, people will be useful. <laughs> like, we don't know this at the time because, like, you don't see him. And, like, he's got a mask on and stuff, so, like, you can't really tell it's him or anything. Right. But, uh, like, he's got to recognize them, right? 
like that's that's what i wondered i yeah i don't know yeah, that's he, why he, he didn't you, shoot. you know he does once they get in there but you you're you're assuming that that's why he didn't shoot him too yeah like he realizes who it is yeah yeah so they end up going into his bunker and he's got this real cool setup of like a what is that th- it's like a furnace i guess that he hides in like for you know 60 seconds at a time or whatever and he can talk or breathe a sigh or leave or you know like because yeah. nothing can hear inside of it it's like soundproof. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, he's, he essentially tells them that he cannot help them <laughs> at all. <laughs> yeah, he basically says, look, you, you can't stay here. I don't have shit for you. You need to go. And he's, like, yeah. hiding his face still at this point. He's, like, keeping his head down, you know. And then, like, you can tell that Evelyn's figuring it out as he's talking. And they're all, like you said, in this, what I think is a furnace. That's why I said I think this place is a factory, because that feels like a furnace that they're up in. Like some sort of, it's like a door on the wall that they crawl up into. And it's definitely like all blackened inside and charred looking. I think it might have been a furnace, I'm not sure. But anyway, they're all inside there, like you said, and he's like, she calls him out, basically. She says, Emmett, you know, and she's like, you, you like, basically, he says, you have to help us. We know we know you, you know? Yeah. And uh, there's a really cool emotional moment where, you know, Evelyn is like, you know, because he can oversee the, their farmhouse from where he is. And she says, like, have you seen, like, did you see Lee lighting all those signal fires? And, like, did you ever consider trying to help? And he goes, no. Like... He just thought at like I don't know he's he's got like a very because like his whole family was killed too so like right he's got a very he's know, got he's, a downtrodden outlook on this world you know yeah and that's another thing I loved about this was like each character really found their sense of purpose throughout this movie and it's just yeah, yeah I don't know how much further we want to go I guess we can go to um they uh, I think. Re- I, Nah, I think we go one step further just to give him a little tease on what to expect from what, like, what to look forward to. Like, what, what, what is, what is the purpose of this movie? It's so, like the first one was them surviving that pregnancy thing. Right. Okay. Uh, Regan discovers a radio signal that's playing the song "Beyond the Sea" by. Uh, yeah. Who sings that song? Um. It's like a Frank Sinatra. Is it a Frank Sinatra it's, song? It's like an old big band song. Looks like uh, Jack Lawrence. Jack Lawrence. Okay, yeah, it's a big band song. Like a like that You'd recognize 40s it. kind of sound. Yeah. Sounds like something you hear in Fallout. <laughs> you did, I thought of that too. I was like, man, this is like Fallout. <laughs> yeah. And we both also, I mean, since we're making game references, thought this as well. Like, it's got this whole world has like the vibe of The Last of Us. Like, man, they, they if... Sony had just given John Krasinski the Last of Us movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Nick mentioned that, and I was like, man, that could have definitely just, worked. Yeah, because it has that vibe for sure. Yeah, but at this point, it's like, why would John Krasinski do something for somebody else when he's done something... Of his own here. That's of so his own. Close. Yeah, it's like, it would feel repetitive. Yeah, tonally, it'd be very similar. But, uh... Yeah, so she hears a signal, and she finds, like, she figures out the location of where it's coming from is an island nearby. And 
So she wants to head to the radio tower to transmit that frequency, that uh, that sound that like causes the monsters to open up their weakness so that they can right. be killed. And she yeah, she wants... kind of puts two and two together that beyond the sea is a hint to where they're at. That's why they're playing that particular song on loop. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so she wants to go to where this, you know, they're playing the radio. Because, like, they had a radio, and I think they just used it as, like, white noise. But, uh, like, they hadn't heard a song on it. Like, how would how would right. any radio station be up? So they hear the song, well, yeah, and they instantly know somebody is playing it. Because you know? in the first movie, Lee is looking for radio signals. That's what. It's one thing he's doing down there in the basement is trying to find other people. You know, like broadcasting or doing something. And uh, yeah, he and never found another signal. Yeah, but that's how Reagan finds. Like she finds the location of where the signal's coming from is because she has like all of his notes and stuff. Right. You know? She has she his did. maps of where there's radio towers and all that stuff. And uh, I guess. What we could say without spoiling it, I guess. So, so Reagan goes to try to find this island. Yeah, try to find this island. Um, and I'll say this: this is like this movie does some things that usually annoy me, but they handled it so well. One of them being the kid being like, "Oh, I could. I'm so smart. I could do this, and you know, go off on my own." But like. You get the sense that she could have, you know, like she's yeah, super capable, and I don't think they ever, you know, they never questioned that she did it, you know, like yeah. they they understand that she, it's never a question of holy shit is she still alive? It's somebody go get her ass, you know, like yeah. <laughs> While Evelyn is still taking care of the baby, she goes on a run to get some more CO two tanks and f like medicines and stuff like that. While Marcus is healing from his wound of getting his foot caught in a bear trap and also learning to take care of his newborn son or daughter, is it never said? But the, if the baby is a. I don't know. Daughter? Yeah, I'm not sure. Son? I, I don't think I don't it's, know. Yeah, it, it it's never it relevant. Say. I'll say it's never really relevant either. But, uh, right. Yeah, so Marcus is like the new mother, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, for, for temporarily he's the guardian of this of this infant. Yeah. And so it's like these three stories that they go on their separate ways but it's edited in such a smart way that like he always ends when the scene cuts from one to the next where you're like holy shit, I want to go back to that one, but I also want to know what happens here, but I also want right. to know what happens here. Like you always want to know what's going on in each story. So, yeah. like, it cutting back and forth in such smart ways. And there's sound cues, too. Like, there's one part where there's, like, a... There's, like, a ruffling of noise. And that noise transfers from one of the groups to another of the groups. And it's the transition point. Like, it's a sound transition, essentially. Like, the noise right. is, you know, and then it's scene cuts over. But it's so seamless. Yeah, the editing is just perfect. Like, on-point editing. Yeah, and there's like a, a scene where they all have this super intense moment. Like, each of them individually is having this super... Like, I guess it's the climax... Like, not the climax of the movie, but it's like the... It's the first big event of them all being separated. And 
it flashes between all three of them so seamlessly and it makes it even more intense because you're like holy shit like are they gonna die are they gonna die are they gonna die right <laughs> you know yeah you it never just, know what's gonna happen to, to each one of them and they like you said they cut it at like the perfect moment where you you're you're hungry to know what happened in the last scene but you're eager to learn what's gonna happen in the one you're currently watching yeah and i'll say that like this is the best edited horror movie i've seen in quite some time like i just yeah edited really well from front to back this is just the first movie just way more intense and like people could be like oh man that's cheap that it's like throwing intensity at you but man right. like i was on the edge of my seat the whole time and you know yeah like like Agreed. you said like, like like you said they're like they're two halves of the same story like they build on each other there's callbacks there's Everything right. that happened in the first one is still relevant in the sequel, which is yep. also kind of rare. <laughs> like, usually, exactly. a lot of the time, sequels are like, oh, you know, it's a new story, you know, the same characters and the relationships are the same, but like this yeah, one. Yeah, dare I, dare I say this is a perfect sequel? Like, yeah. I don't know how you could make a sequel and make it more effective than, than they've done with this. Yeah, because like every single moment in the first one, like the when. It opens with John Krasinski's character, uh, Lee. He's, like, just looking at the radio signals, you know? Like, that's how it flips back to... From from the opening of the uh, Quiet Place 1, you know, from the, the sun dying, it flips to them, you know, showing how they live their life, and Lee is looking for the radio signals. And then in the second one, the radio signals is the thing that's going to save them, you know? Right. Like, in the sequel, <laughs> you know? Right. And yeah, like it's like... All and of it's crazy notes. to me that you said he didn't even want to do this. Like he didn't yeah, even I'm have not, this planned. I, I am not entirely sure about that. I would, I just heard that a sequel was not planned, which is crazy. And too, then it's with, insane to me how connected they are. But they, it wasn't planned. You know? it's almost like man. It's like it's like he watched. I don't know. You could just tell that he loves that first movie. You know, like he 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 got it. Like what made it yeah. work? He got the things yeah. that made it work and improved them. <laughs> you know. Yes, exactly. Yeah, and, and like he the the like we had mentioned before, the setup was out of the way, right? So he had all this freedom to just tell you a compelling story, versus you know trying to set up characterization. He all that was done already. You know, like you had established these people. He had so many layers to build upon already that it was just. And it, man, he nailed it. Like he he added the perfect, you know, stuff. He built upon the perfect aspects, and it's like he just took what was already a a, a really solid movie and and made it even better. Yeah, and actually, uh, in press release interviews, I guess Emily Blunt has said that John Krasinski has an idea for a third film. So we might, if if God, he could I, do I, it, yeah. A third time like this could be one of the best trilogies i was about to say yeah if, he, if he's able to do this again it's gonna blow me i'm it's gonna, gonna be, be fucking hard. on board <laughs> yeah <laughs> that, that'd be crazy like yeah it's just like how every every moment everything you learned in the first one and the thing is when you watch the first one that radio signal thing that doesn't play out to be anything it's like that was you know it was a cool scene like obviously showing him trying to contact the outside world but at the end of the day, if they never made the sequel, that scene was pointless. Like, it right. went nowhere. But now that we got the sequel, 
that scene means literally everything because right. yeah exactly <laughs> he, he he made he made scenes in the first movie more important via what he does in the second movie which is so smart like yeah i just can't i can't fathom how he he considered all these aspects and and i was so blown away man and i and i'm sure like the experience was made even better by seeing this in a theater like i, I can't express to you enough how i recommend you know try to find a way to see this in theaters and be safely yeah i believe it's also coming to paramount plus uh i'm not sure when but it'll it'll be on paramount plus in a few months i believe okay yeah because this is their movie right they they released yeah Yeah, okay so that makes sense yeah i i definitely recommend this like it um by and large like you gotta watch this it's coming to Paramount Plus 45 days after release. Okay. So okay. it'll be like April 20 or June, July. It'll be like July 4th-ish. <laughs> it'll be like okay. early, like mid- middle of July. It's going to come too. Okay. If you can't make it to the theaters. But um, also, I think the, the performances, they, they were good in the first one too. But like, especially the kids. Uh, they like with the expanded rules that they have because they're you know very important to like they have important arcs and stuff like their performances really shined and they carried like especially Millicent Millicent carried the second movie in my opinion like just yeah like like how Emily Blunt carried the first one Millicent yeah basically (laughs) but they're all super important and even uh um Cillian Murphy's great as Emmett. yeah i agree i agree that's what i one thing i wrote in my notes after this movie like i really like that guy and i just he's such a good character actor and from like the stuff he's done from breakfast on pluto this yeah phenomenal yeah and i i'd shout out to uh i'm not gonna say what he is or what he does or anything but shout out to scoop mcnary who's in this movie for like five minutes <laughs> in an almost unrecognizable role and i'm not trying to parody the the what was the meme a week ago or something somebody unrecognizable in this new film what was that shit <laughs> oh yeah it was leonardo dicaprio in the new Martin yeah movie. yeah exactly Completely i'm not un- trying to parody that this guy was literally unrecognizable <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, yeah uh, it, it was that was a cool like little little uh, cameo appearance that I didn't expect to see. Yeah, yeah, that that scene is great, very intense. <laughs> yeah, but like you said, I think even the supporting actors here are great, and it's yeah, uh, there's not many, but the ones that are there shine for sure. Right, and it's you kind of get to see the first movie was very much a focus on this family right specifically this family but the the second movie you mentioned this i think to me that and, and i hadn't considered this aspect that you get to see how other people are living in this world too which is yeah really cool and like it and they and it shows you all the different ways in which the different people live in this world you know because people yeah, go about it in different ways yeah because everybody has the same rules like to be quiet but like that doesn't mean everyone did it the same way like right. uh like just for instance, Emmett, like he has that bunker, like that bunker underneath. Yeah, it's just him. Like, 
by himself. Yeah. He's just a lone wolf out there, you know, like he's Yeah, like he sealed himself inside an area that the monsters can't get to him essentially. Like that's yeah. that's something that they didn't have in the first one. Like they were on a farmhouse. <laughs> right. Yeah, he could he could kind of lives this meager existence. Just gets by in this in this place where he can lock himself away. Kind of sh- shelter himself from the rest of the world. Yeah, and then like there's other characters. Yeah, I guess we won't say. Yeah, yeah, uh, there, there's yeah, there's yeah, other characters in the movie, and they they not, definitely... not everybody operates by the same moral compass. I'll say that much. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's super interesting. Um, now I'm curious to see where they go with the third one because I mean it's definitely it leaves the door open for a third. One. I I don't think that's a spoiler. <laughs> no, definitely not. I think it um. It, there's a lot of cool stuff that he could do with this, especially uh, I'm excited if, if he has an idea, you know, like that makes me hopeful now that uh, we get another one. But yeah, yeah. A Quiet Place 2, I'm going to I'm going to put it on record. A perfect sequel. Perfect sequel. You heard it here. Void video. Void video approved for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. And And like you said it. It made me appreciate the 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 first more, and I want to go back and rewatch it again. I think I would like it even did you know the last few times I've watched it. Yeah, and also they got the uh, Marco Beltrami back for the music, and just I mean, it's just like it's like you said, like it's two halves of the same movie essentially, because like they're each the second one's an hour and thirty seven minutes, the first one's like an hour and thirty minutes, but with credits are like you know like this is two hours and you know. Like let's say three hours, you know. Yeah. Like that's it's it's one three hour movie. <laughs> yeah, like essentially. You, yeah. You you could watch this as one three hour movie, and you'd be like, yeah, it would it would all flow together, make sense. Like the cinematography is yeah. very similar. There's no jarring. <laughs> There's no jarring changes. Really. It it like it definitely feels like an extension of the first movie. No? Yeah. Yeah. There's an expanded scope of like the world, but. And right. like there's different locations and stuff, but it's all done in a linear way where you're seeing them like go from the farm to here to here to here, you know, like right. you're seeing it's a DLC, man, for the first movie. Since we've <laughs> made all these video game references. <laughs> but yeah, it does feel like like two halves. It really impresses me how they were able to weave these almost seamlessly together. Yeah, for sure. Go watch this movie if you can safely get yourself to a theater. I absolutely 150% recommend you do that. If you can't, like we said, Paramount Plus is going to be your upcoming option. As always, we thank you for listening to Void Video. And remember to be be quiet out there. Don't don't get bit. Does that apply to this? Because they're they're aliens, not not zombies. It's okay. It'll work. It'll work. Thank <laughs> you.